official podcast is presented by WinBet. Betting is team sport put together at WinBet. Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive, joined by my partner, the man backer, Bart how, Scott. How long has it been now? It's been a long time. 14, 14 years, I would say. Wow. We've been working out. I've been doing this for 14 years? <laughs> yes. Wow. You signed with the Jets in 09, correct? I know. Yeah. And then I retired. And so every year after I retired, I've been doing this? Uh, I guess we had a break in there. Did we? Okay. I don't even know what happened after you retired. I remember kind of disappeared. I went to CBS. Right. And then I remember us being how long ago had we when we was at the uh hotel with Robbie Robbie Anderson and we had to apologize <laughs> to America. I bring that up all the time. It's yeah. chosen Anderson now. Huh? I know chosen. Yeah. They brought chosen back last week. I was like, oh, he's still around? Oh, he lined up past the ball. He's like, I got you, Tyreek Hill. You line up with one with your toes over. I mean, not Tyreek Hill. Um uh, Kadarius Tony. Right. He lined up, and that his whole foot was he was it, past the defender. Yeah, he he <laughs> the, went he he did wave at the official like but, a couple yards before he but lined listen, up. But when you do that, yeah. you you have to look and wait for the official to respond. <laughs> you can't just look and then look straight. The official like, bro, you are past the end. Yeah, like what? <laughs> uh, well, you got to shed some light on that interview. There we used yeah, to. Man, we I, used to do inside the Jets across the street and. There were TVs up there, and we were actually facing the TVs. And it, and it, was, and it was brought to, uh, it was brought by ESPN Radio, right? And uh, we used to do it, and like we, at some point, we just had to apologize to the people about like you were apologizing because Robbie was kind of, he was kind of, he, he was space cadet. He, man. he was focusing on a couple other things while we were doing the interview. Yeah, he was just spaced out, man. Like only two guys I've ever had to do that with. Yeah, you know, I had to do that with Jerry Judy too. Like we we ended the we ended the we ended. Me and my partner, we ended the interview. That was ESPN Radio. Yes, we you was and, like, we, me and I, we was like, bro, like, never. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, thanks for your time, though. He he was he was promoting a product he knew nothing about. Oh, was this his Super Bowl, or was Judy just? I, I don't know. It was so bad right. that the PR and radio stations from Denver yeah. got hold of the interview and start calling us like, man, this dude's an idiot. <laughs> and he he. We was like, I don't know what, like, if this dude was on something, we was like, this dude tripping. Listen, Robbie's a good guy. He was just focused on a couple other things. Chosen. Yeah. It was a crazy <laughs> interview, though. It was like, <laughs> no you know, but you never know. Some guys are don't, you, have, you, don't don't speak a lot, right? So he was only giving us, like, one word ass. Like, bro, you know this is entertainment, right? Like, so we came out of the break, and you were still talking about it after we thanked him for coming on. Like, bro, that was the worst. <laughs> uh, all right. So the big news here this week mm -hmm. was – Aaron Rodgers going on Pat McAfee show on Tuesday in his regular weekly appearance. I wish I had money to pay Aaron Rodgers so he can be my weekly. We can't afford. Do you him. think we should work on that for next year in 2024? Because gonna, there's a couple things. It's to, gonna cost you seven digits. So there's a couple things to get to here. We ain't got seven digits to spare like that. Uh, so. No surprise, right? And if we got seven digits like that, then we need to we need to up my salary and we can we can do without it. Oh. No, yeah, no, no, no Your surprise. Your salary, mine, maybe. No, well, well, no, well, no surprise, right? When you when you think about. Um, the statement that was made before the game saying that if it was a 1.0001 point chance, it was still a chance he yeah. would play. Right. But at this point, it's no reward at all, all risk, because if he hurt something in, you know, looking at, you know, how Sam, you know, got hurt last week, you know, getting hit, you know, took a vicious hit. It's no need for Aaron Rodgers to take You're that type Zach. of talking about Zach. Yeah, Zach, Zach, Zach. It's no need for uh, Aaron to take that type of punishment. Right. So let's just live to fight another day. Um, the good news that came out of that is he, he believes he wants to play a couple of years 
which I believe that's what he wanted to do anyway, was to play multiple years this year and next year. Um, and because he only played four snaps, he doesn't consider this a year. Or, you know, maybe if he had played eight games and got hurt then, maybe he would have considered it a year and say, I want to play one more year. So now this means that the Jets has a solid commitment from him. Right. You know, and a solid commitment, so I don't expect him to have to go into a hole or go on a darkness retreat or anything like that. He'll do what he does to get his mind right for next year. But the fact that we know that we can have Aaron Rodgers for two years changes the way you go about free agency, changes about the way that you go about uh, the draft. draft. Right. So, you know, I think that 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 statement alone, multiple years, means to me that, you know, you have to build around Aaron Rodgers because you may have an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Um, if you win it the first year, you have an opportunity to run it back, much really similar to what Tom Brady did in Tampa. Tampa. Rodgers has always played this game at such an elite level. Mm -hmm. He dealt with injuries that last year in Green Bay before being traded over here. Mm -hmm. He tears the Achilles. But that was a broken hand, so that's – Right, look, I don't he was dealing with the thumb, yeah, right? And I, I, I think I, other Nixon bruises. Yeah. I really don't think about that as like a aging injury. Yeah, so that's what I, my question is. So he's 40. Mm -hmm. He'll turn 41 next season. Mm -hmm. But you have confidence after watching guys like Brady late in their career that, hey. No, LeBron, LeBron James, you have to put all great athletes, I think, in the same category. Right. LeBron James is asking his body to do way more than what Aaron Rodgers is, right? Because you talk about basketball, you're playing offense and defense, and you're keeping up. So, like, you're going by people, but then now you got to check somebody as well. You know, Aaron Rodgers is just playing offense. So I have full confidence that he can play at a high level. And I always have this conversation with people when they talk about, well, he's 40-41. I, I always say Aaron Rodgers, whatever his age is, take off four years. And that's what his real age is because he was a backup. Right. He didn't get a lot of wear and tear. He didn't get like a lot of – he hasn't had a lot of injuries. He hasn't torn his ACL and all that. So this is his first major injury. So I don't look at him as a typical, you know, 40-year-old quarterback, you know, and I kind of compare it to, like, guys like Brandon Jacobs and big guys who were young but wore down it hard because the type of position that they play and the style in which they play. Yeah, right. We, we, we talk he, about he Earl, we talk, Yeah, we talk about Earl Campbell, yeah. right, six years, right? We talk about some of the great, like, runners like Eddie George. They didn't play late into their career. I mean, Frank Gore played forever. He was an anomaly. I mean, the fact that he was able to, to play at a high level and still absorb that type of position. But quarterbacks, especially now where the game is so less physical and the, and the quarterback has so much protection, um, and probably that, that, that tackle that he got, not saying that, that it was illegal, but they're going to take that weight drop tackle down away as well. So you, you don't worry about those type of tackles um, going forward. So – here we are, three games remaining. The mm -hmm. Jets eliminated from postseason contention. It was a huge improbability to begin with as mm -hmm. far as entering last weekend, but they lose to the Dolphins. What I think people at home struggle with is how would all this look different with Rodgers? Because we know mm -hmm. that he is an unbelievable mm -hmm. player at the most important position well, in all of sports. So it's hard, I think, when people are taking it in and they see the Jets' offensive struggles yeah. for such a long time and say, well, how different does this look if Rodgers is there? Well, 
when you talk about war in baseball, that's what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, wins over replacement yep. or whatever. And not the traditional word war. Of course. Um, You're going you, all you, analytics yeah, on yeah, me you, now. You, you would like to think that Aaron Rodgers is, is a plus two, plus three. Well, if the Jets were plus two or plus three, where would they be? They would be so right you, in the thick of it. Yeah, right in the they're, thick of it. Be, they'll be eight, eight wins, maybe the seventh seed. Well, even, four and nine, you seven and six, right? If you flip it, three, three wins. Yeah, three wins. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So, like, you, you would think that they would be right in the thick of it. Yeah. Uh, in a wide-open AFC where anybody gets hot and styles make fights would be able to win. You know what I mean? Maybe the run game would be a lot better because of non-loaded boxes because you know if you give Aaron Rodgers off coverage, he's just going to raise up and throw it to it and make that play a run play and not even tell tell his offense that he's doing that. He just has his cold word, his one word with his receiver, a guy playing off in cover three, 10 yards off, boom. Instead of running the ball, there you go. Right. Tackle my guy in space, giving guys opportunities like Garrett, giving guys like opportunities like you know Gibson, giving guys opportunities like Lazard just to, to raise up. And those are just the things that – his football acumen gives you advantage of. You know, like he makes the game easier because because he's doing the thinking, you know, for for the team, right? He's thinking at such a high level, Jedi level, that he's able to think the game. And, you know, a lot of times that the game is more mental than it is physical at times. And he'll you know, he'll always put you at the right position, the right play. Not saying it is going to be perfect, but it's an added advantage when you have players that can think the game the way that Aaron Rodgers can. We know the Jets have multiple offensive needs. We're not going to talk about the offseason at this point. Mm -hmm. But just with the Rodgers conversation, you, you talk about the defense. Do you, does your mind go back as somebody who played the game and also who's commenting about the game every day and say, you know, I wonder how this would have played out in twenty. 23 if Rodgers was healthy because it sure feels like the AFC has a open feeling that we haven't had in quite some time. Yeah. I mean, I know Kansas City's defending champions and Baltimore is very but, good, but but, but, it, but everybody's beatable. Right. On any, any given Sunday and if you got a great game plan and you have, you know, efficient uh productivity and everybody plays well, any team can beat any team in the AFC. And you 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 imagine like what that would have looked like with a healthy Rodgers and a healthy ABT. Yeah, you know because ABT I believe is probably the most valuable um, player on the offensive line because his ability to get on the edges and be able to do things. And you look at how Tipman has got better. Now just imagine pulling the center and the backside tackle. What that would look like. You know what I mean? Being able to get you know extra bodies to the open side. You like ABT more long term tackle even though he can do both no no I think uh, he, listen it depends on what you're able to fill the team with in, in, I think at season. some point we're going to have to decide what he is and what he's going to stay at and that's something that he has to decide um but I'm sure right tackles get paid more than guards I mean Nelson Quinn Nelson did a great job in raising a, the price for for uh guys like that and Zach Martin this offseason mm -hmm. so I think maybe that closed the gap but I just need AVT to be healthy I mean that was that was a draft pick that you hit on. The talent isn't an issue. The versatility is an issue, but now the durability is an issue. And you don't know how many. Now I don't worry about the first injury, the the tricep or the bicep, whatever it was. I don't worry about those because those don't affect you as a player as far as how moving forward. 
But now you talk about the, uh, what is it, Achilles? Yes. You talk about Achilles, that's that's a different thing. Okay. Right? And um, we have to figure out, you know, as the Jets, it's what, three Achilles this year? Al Woods. Yes. ABT. Aaron. Yes. Uh, you, I think you really have to figure out how to um, – feels like injuries are up across the National yeah, but, Football but, League. But, no. but then – Particular injuries. Okay. Achilles has been, you know, J.K. Dobbins, a lot of guys, you know, Phillips, right? Right. It's a lot of guys with that. So a lot of times you have to start looking at, okay, what kind of shoes are these guys wearing? What kind of prehab can we do to strengthen and elongate the tendon so it's not so tight so it doesn't pop, right? Most of these guys have tight calves, which means tight hamstrings. How do we loosen that up? How do we, you know, make sure um, that – we stretch those and we warm them up properly before activity every day instead of just, you know, doing it when you feel like it. You know what I mean? I used to, you know, it was a fear that because I had flat feet that later in my career, they talk about how African-Americans over 30, how they have a higher tendency because we have high calves and this is a little bit and, you know, other stuff, high calves, which means that we flat feet, high calves, you know, a lot of tension on Achilles. They were concerned. So I made sure every day before I did anything, I did extensive warm up on the slant board to warm and stretch really? uh, my calves and my Achilles. Yes, because I already have plantar fasciitis. Do you ever? Yeah, I know, and that's an awful injury, isn't it? Yeah. Um, let's go back to Rogers real quick. How much you like his mindset when you just hear the guy talk? Do you hear like other dudes? Like the way he phrases I mean, things I mean, and his approach. Is, it, I mean, it, he's a he's a forward thinker, right? And yeah. Like he's a guy that's open to everything, and you, a, a, a open minded person is a great person to listen to and be around because he doesn't shun ideas. He listens and internalizes ideas, and you know his attack to to rehab and stuff like that was another example of his belief system as just as a person, right? So. I think a lot can be learned from a guy like that. Feel like it's a, mi- yeah. it's a mindset, yeah. Like it's a way of living. Like yeah. the black mamba. Yeah. Like Kobe a little we, bit. We, we call, so we call him uh, White Mamba. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he'd like that nickname. Yeah, I know. I don't know. So, It'd be funny. So we got to get him in the studio, though. You're saying seven digits. Yeah, man. Well, uh, he ain't going to charge you seven digits. It's family. It's different. He might just do this off the strength, off the love. Oh. Well, we yeah, I mean, because he's not going to play, so this is the greatest platform that he can do to speak to his peoples. The peoples. Not the McAfee show, to speak to your people directly. This is just put out information, you know what I mean? So you talk to your peoples, you you, you do this show. You sit in this seat. Yeah. You talk to EA and B. Skeezy. <laughs> take, you can follow what you did, your map, back in 09. Join in. Yeah, Jets, man. content. As a player, and then there was a little break in action when you went to CBS, stuff like that. All right, so three games remaining. Yeah. What do you want to see? What do you want to see? Because if you're a fan, you're already you're so upset, mm-hmm. disappointed that you're in this situation, but there's that tug, push and pull, right? That, hey, I want a good draft pick, but also you want your team to play well. You want to see individuals succeed. What do you want to see? I want to see the, I want to see all the young players get an opportunity. Okay. I, I I would love to see like listen. I I, I know Brees probably has goals that he wants, um, but I want to see you know you know we know that Dalvin Cook probably won't be here. 
So I want to see I want to see a guy like Izzy Abanaconda get an opportunity to to get meaningful uh, reps. Right. I want to put him in tough spots. I want to see him on third down pick up blitzes because next year you're going to expect him to do that. So I'd rather him get some type of on-the-job training um, before the season starts. I want to see Rutgers start. I want to see him start and see, okay, you know, who knows what the future of um, uh, Uzama is. So I want to see that guy, you know, go out and start. You know, and Conklin comes in and maybe, you know, spells him and see if he can handle the load, the game plan, the pressure, the 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 football acumen. I'm trying to develop now, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm looking at Will McDonald. Like, I want to see him start. I want to see him in pressure situations. I want to see him on the strong side, leaning against the run. I want to see him anchor. I want to see him take on double teams. I want to see him, you know, be disciplined, getting up to quarterback depth, spinning underneath. I want to see that. I want to see young guys put in – tough situations to see how they respond when the lights turn on. I like that. What do you make of carryover? There's no carryover, right? You, it, you, this it, is more... It is. Well, it's it's momentum. You can? Yeah. Uh, you, would, you gain momentum as an individual. I'm saying like team-wise. Like if you finish strong, can you take that into the offseason? Yeah, a lot of teams. Okay. We talk about all the time teams that finish 7-9 and nine or seven, back in the day 7-9. and nine, and then the next year they come back and they win the division. Like right. we've always talked about that. Teams go. It's always a team that takes that jump from six and ten, and next year they're the number one seed. That's always been the case, right? Right, because it's it's not a, a far distance from six and ten to you know you know thirteen and five. You know what I mean? It's like what it is is learning how to finish. Right, and you start realizing the differences and the small details that make the difference between winning and losing, and how many of those games, if you would have did things right way, if you would have been disciplined, if you wouldn't have pivotal, um, uh, bad mistakes, where you would have been. Uh, each game is his own season. I know that, but why such a discrepancy when you see the second half against Houston, and then you see what happened for sixty minutes against Miami? Well, in my my in my opinion, um, Robert Sala. Going into this game, everything that D'Amico Ryan or a lot of stuff that D'Amico Ryan knows, he learned from him. Yeah. So you understand and know those principles, so you attack them. And on the flip side, Mike McDaniels knows a lot about conceptually what this defense does, what gives him problems, and he knows because he's practiced against them and practiced over and over again, but he has the type of weapons that can really cause trouble for schematically what they do. I mean, they he knew that that – Robert Sala doesn't flip corners. So you you gave him an idea of a matchup that he knew he could take advantage of and going over and saying, hey, I can take the best player that we have, not our best player when Tyreek Hill is here, but our best player and get him against, you know, not saying DJ Reed isn't a great player, but they like the matchup. Yes. Maybe the length is what gives Waddle issues, not a guy that's, that's short and, and, and quick and, and powerful. Maybe some 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 receivers don't like length and speed, right? Because that length allows guys to recover, and you can't get on top of them because they can keep you at at harm's length. So, and he can run too, right? And so and so understanding that, right? You know, maybe that knowledge from going against former teams, uh, uh, teammate, which that's what Solomon McDaniel's was, you know, hurt it helped him one week and hurt him the following week. What do you think the response is going to be? Here, Jets are five and nine. We're playing at home. This crowd's going to be like, "Hey, 
you, you guys better do something early. This is a Washington. And it's Christmas Eve, bro. This is a this is a Washington team that's four and ten. Bart, they won their first two games. So talk about struggles. Then, I mean, they're two and ten in their last twelve. Well, they decided clearly to to move in a different direction. Right. Uh, and they're flipping it. They 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 traded their two best defensive players. Yep. Like who trades two great pass rushers? They let Chase Young walk out the door, and they let Montez Sweat who has 12 and a half sacks. He had six for them then, and now he has six and a half for the Chicago. So proves that he can take the show on the road and be a, a multi-scheme type of player. He may, He's going to end up with 15, 16 sacks this year. And you let that walk out the door because you decided you weren't going to pay him, but you paid your D tackles. Who, who doubles down on paying two D tackles? Usually you pay one D tackle and one outside. Yeah, so you got the compliment. Not, not 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 since not since Minnesota has I ever seen a team invest so heavily in D tackles. Yeah, like the Williams brothers, Kevin and Pat. Like I haven't seen it ever again. But to let two potentially All Pro pass rushers go that you drafted—that's a fireball offense in itself. Mm. Sam Hall. He's the young player back there at the signal caller position. Jacoby Brissett, we saw him last week. Brissett yeah. enters the game up and down the field. He's moving that offense. Howell's an interesting guy because he's athletic. He's tough. He's a little bit smaller. They like to throw the ball up top. Mm-hmm. On paper, I think this is a favorable matchup for the Jets. You can say that most weeks as far as their defense are going, are going against yeah. an opposing offense. But they like to get the ball down the field, so you got to. All, all it takes is you, hit two of them. So you got to stay on top. Of, you said scary Terry. Yeah, they got Curtis Samuel, Dotson, and Dotson. So what do you think about the Jets' corners against these three guys? I mean, they they they, they got to be disciplined, right? Because they're going to take shots. So you can in this game, you can stop nine out of ten, but the ten is the one that people is going to remember, depending on if it's a big play. Or if it's a touchdown, or if it's like a Jalen Waddle, you know, seventy yard or however long that was touchdown, that takes and negates everything that you had done the other nine times mm-hmm. because of that one tenth time. I think this is the game where Sauce gets his first interception of the year. Yeah, listen, because he's going to have some opportunities. Yeah, Sam Howell's not going to be afraid to throw the ball at anybody, right? Right. So, I mean, he's going after big play Slay. Right? They played. Philadelphia very well, two straight damn times that they played them. So we're taping this Wednesday morning. Robert Sala hasn't talked yet. I think the starting quarterback decision for this game may go later in the week because he said that there's a possibility. Yeah, protocols, right? Yeah, he's in protocol. He said if he was asked directly, if he's cleared later in the week, could he start without practicing? And he said he could. But if it's Trevor Simeon. How do you make this uh, a functional unit that we saw against Houston compared to the breakdowns that we saw against Miami? Different opponent. I mean, you got to you got to run the ball, man. And yeah. You still have to. It always stops and starts with running the ball and being effective running the ball. So if they can't run the ball, then that's going to allow extra um, resource to be applied to stopping the pass. Yeah. And you know, interiorly, defensively, I told you how great they are with. Um, I always say his name wrong. It's Payne and Allen, right? Yes. The two different uh, guys, Dwyer Payne or something, something Allen. They can be game wreckers. And this team still plays hard, man. So 
this is an evenly matched um, game, and they got to figure out how to get a win. Last time you're going to be in front of your home crowd, you want to leave them with a positive taste in their mouth. We, we talked about it before. What do you make of the conference? What do you make of the division? Not just this year, but long term, because the Jets are going to be battling Miami for a while. Mm-hmm. Buffalo seems to have found its footing here a yeah. little bit. Maybe a little bit too late. You know, they yeah. had. They, you know, they have. A, I forgot who they have. They have a couple of tough games. I think they got the Chargers, Patriots, oh, yeah. and then Miami. Miami. That 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 may be to get in the postseason for them. Right, and then New England. This is a crazy setup here. Well, it's it's the reset for them. They they, they who knows if Bill Belichick's going to still be on the, on the team. Um, if he's going to still be there. If what were your meeting. thoughts? What were your thoughts be? Because there's been reports that they could part ways. Yeah. I mean, I think the Jets it, final game. I mean, it could be time. Yeah. It could be time, right? You talk about, you know, they're moving on from their quarterback, you know, um, and they didn't do a great job in developing. And I know that could be said for, for this organization as well. Um, but they're clearly going to be drafting. They're, they're right now have the number two overall number pick. Number two overall pick. So are you going to trust Bill Belichick to develop that quarterback? I'm saying how crazy would it be if this ends up being Belichick's last game and you're sitting there with the number two overall pick heading into that matchup against the Jets. And Caleb Williams is out there. Drake Mays out there. Yeah, I mean, they have an opportunity to get a generational what we feel like is two can't-miss uh, quarterbacks. But then, you know, people said that about many drafts, and yeah. that hasn't been the case. So be careful what you wish for. So Christmas coming up, you got any plans? Nah, man. I just what, are you, what are you getting the kids? Yeah, yeah. Well, the kids are already taken care of. You know, Santa, 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 okay with them or what? Yeah, so they, you know, my kids do a good job, man. I can't. They don't really ask for stuff, so they're doing a good job, man. So I think, I think they Gucci with Santa. Uh, but you know, one thing I like is they don't really ask for stuff or really have desires for stuff. Maybe it's because they buy stuff all year round. So maybe that's maybe it's a difference. Uh, but they don't really go too crazy. My daughter always wants candles and. Well, my daughter's. If anybody wants anything, it's my daughter. But it's not really anything crazy. It's usually like bomber jackets, cool jeans, okay, and like candles. Candles. She had me get. She wanted some type of floby thing or something. You put it, put her hair in it, and it cur- makes it curly when it come out. When you come out, I don't know. Uh, all right, let's end here because I want people to go out to the polls. Give me a reason why the following players. Or Pro Bowl worthy, Sauce mm-hmm. Gardner. Well, I mean, Sauce is probably one of the most avoided um, players in the league. So you can't look at stats all the time with him. Um, just know that he doesn't get the ball thrown his way. He he ranks high in man to man and zone, which is rare. Some some guys are dominant in one. He's dominant in both. So I think he ranks over ninety five in both categories. Right before DJ Reed. DJ Reed, I think, you know, last week was a tough week, but, you know, that's the first time we saw him struggle. I thought he was actually playing better than the sauce um, before last week. But um, he's been playing at a high level. And like we said, like we don't switch sides. So everybody that you want to give sauce credit for stopping, well, DJ Reed has done the same. Michael Carter second. Mike Carter second, I think, is one of the best players at his position. I mean, he plays at such a high level. To me, he's the best nickel in all of football. CJ Mosley. Well, Mosley's just, you know, he gets underrated as far as um, you take it for granted, 
right? And that's the definition of greatness, doing the small things routinely. So, I mean, he's already a four or five-time pro bowler. So, I mean, He'll be six. Yeah, this is just – Quincy Williams. Quincy, I think, had a breakout season. We You, you said earlier, you know, in our, in our other show that we taped about where he ranks as far as tackles for loss, um, sacks, pass defense. Right, right. Yeah. So, like, real round. It's going to be tough, too, because, you know, the kid in um, – it's always tough to try and be the new kid breaking into a new spot because we know one of those spots is already probably reserved for Raekwon Smith because yep. they, they have the best record in the AFC and um, he's playing at a high level. He's a brand name as well. You know, this this new kid, Zaire, uh, leads the league in tackles. Mm. So that's going to be uh, – so it's going to be tough. And their team is um, actually in the playoffs. So that it's it's all kind of factors that come. At least one of those guys should go. Mosley, uh, Quincy, uh, Quentin Williams. Well, Quentin, Quentin is a brand name. I don't have any problems with Quentin getting yeah. in. He's getting a lot of attention, and now the sack numbers are starting to get to a respectable spot where people are like, oh, like they. But before it was glaring because just getting double every, team, triple team all but, the time. But, yeah, but look at how many other guys are eating off his plate. Yeah, Jefferson eating off his plate. All these guys are having career years because Quentin is. Uh, taking up all the resources. Yeah, because those are the other two guys that want to mention: Bryce Hoff and Jermaine Johnson. They both. Yeah, but we we know we know we, we know how this game right. goes. Like you got Miles Garrett, you got some War Dads, you got the Allen Josh Allen down there. No doubt. Like so, like it's gonna be tough sledding. But the fact that he'll get some votes and nominated, he'll probably be a, a alternate alternate. You know, just speaks a lot volumes about him. Garrett Wilson should get some votes. I mean, yeah. It, I know the numbers aren't going to compare to some of those other guys. It's tough but sledding. He's still got 79 catches playing with four different quarterbacks. Yeah, it's tough sledding, but I think he gets respect. I mean, listen, if he doesn't go, take take note, because next year hopefully you'll have Aaron Rodgers and then you'll be able to make your case. Brees Hall has quietly become one of the best backs as far as receiving it. Yeah, they just haven't been able to find a way to to to, to for him to run the ball. Yep. And it's weird because last year he ran the ball at such a crazy clip and early in the season. But you mentioned it before. Clip. It's because AVT a- a- out of the lineup. I think there's yeah. a correlation here. Yeah, yeah, it's always a correlation, right, <laughs> between those two. The run, run game goes as those two together, man. They like the um, dynamic duel. And Tyler Conklin, I'll tell you what, from a tight end position, I know you want Ruck seeing more reps, and he's definitely going to get some more reps mm-hmm. down the stretch, but – Conklin quietly has had a nice year as well. Of course, he's having a career year for himself, right? Yep. And, you know, but I just say record just because, like, next year moving forward, he's going to be there. You know what you're going to get from Conklin, right? You know what he is and what he's capable of. And you want to see, like, some of the young guys, the future, you know, see what they can do and put them in meaningful games. Playing in preseason is not meaningful. You want to see what it's like when they got to make real-life decisions when everybody's playing. And this is and what the final win. three games are going to be all about. Yep. Subscribe. Rate and review. Also, bang the like on the YouTube. And do you have a final pitch for Aaron Rodgers? First of all, Abe Rizzle. Discount double check. The people's champ. It's only right. You know what I mean? We we let you get all the way through the year. Didn't bother you doing the preseason. Didn't bother you doing OTAs. Come holler at your boys, man. Get a real interview. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Jets fans, we're in our final push and the clock is ticking. WinBet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. 
The Winbet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on Winbet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on Winbet's Sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager. We've got a special bonus on the Jets' official podcast today. We are joined by punter Thomas Morstead. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. One thing i got to ask you, what are you most proud of here this season? you got 28 punts down inside the 20. you got 15 down inside the 10, and I believe you have six down inside the five-yard line. Um, yeah, I didn't know the exact numbers. Um, so that's cool to hear. Um, you know, I think I'm just proud of being here. <laughs> you know, three years ago I got cut from the saints and, um, had a bad injury and I just struggled to kind of get past it and, um, couldn't get a workout with anybody just cause of my age. And, um, you know, I just kind of made a commitment to myself that I was going to just stay ready uh, and, and get back healthy. And, and, and if I didn't get an opportunity, then I could live with it. But I, if I did get an op and I wasn't ready, I would regret it. And so I just trained and it was very frustrating time because I feel like I was the best punter in the league for a decade in the 2010s. And um, to not even be given a workout or, you know, get an opportunity was difficult. So I just stayed ready. And then when I came here in uh, the week two of 2021, you know, I showed everybody that I was still playing at an elite level. And then, um, and so just kind of the, you know, the, I've seen the, the really good side of this business and, and, and the tough side of the business. Um, and to kind of like persevere through that and have to go to a few different teams to kind of get my, you know, get back in and to have kind of like really just, you know, been, I, I call it elite consistency. You know, I don't have the highest punt or the farthest punt in the league. And um, to be statistically competing at the top of the, you know, league um, in a bunch of areas and to be doing it as the oldest player at my position and have come through that and my kids to have seen me persevere, it's like a really unique opportunity. And um, so I'm just proud to be here. <laughs> You're not an old guy, but by NFL standards, you are an old guy. Yeah. So 37, you got four kids. What are their ages and what has been it like, been it, been it all been like for you as far as them being able to watch dad on the field perform at such an elite level? Yeah. So I've got, uh, Maxwell's nine boy. Beckett is eight boy. Maggie's six girl and Rosalie is four girl. And, um, it's been amazing. Um, I remember about two weeks after I got cut three years ago and, you know, it was the first time me and my wife kind of sat down and kind of felt like somebody died, like we were grieving, like our homes in New Orleans and we'd been there my whole career. And, um, and she just finally asked, like after two weeks, she was like, so what do you think you want to do? And, um, I just remember like telling her, I said, you know, I, I know it doesn't look great right now, but I just know I'm not done. Right. And I'm, and I'm, I just need to like recalibrate and get back into my training, how I've been able to for so long. Like I, I already know what the script is. You know what I mean? I know how to do what I, you know, how to train, what I need to do to get back. 
And I said, what do you think? You know, cause it's going to not, not have the stability. It could be us moving around. It could be a lot of change. And she just said, you know, all I know is you've got an opportunity to show your kids, particularly your boys who are the older ones yep. that kind of know what's going on. You've got an opportunity to show them how to get up when you get knocked down. And, uh, I, re I never, I just remember being like floored that she just hit me with that. Like it was basically like nothing else matters. People are telling you to retire. Don't ruin your legacy. You, you've done it all with the saints and all this stuff. Yeah. And she was like, you've got a chance to show your kids how to handle some adversity and you may never get this opportunity again. And I remember just being floored. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. They know, you know, it, it was hard on them, right? Are we allowed to be Saints fans anymore? I said, yeah, we'll <laughs> always be Saints fans. You know, we'll, we're, you know, we still live there and, and they love the team and we still root for that team, but, um, they've kind of learned the business side as well. And, you know, you know, well, do you have to, do you have to keep working? Cause then you're going to be gone. And, you know, it's just, there's a lot of dynamics. And so they've, they've kind of been through it with, with us all, we've all done it together and I'm really proud of it. And, uh, you know, there's been sacrifices made by everybody. You know, we moved everybody up here this year and we pulled them out of their school. We're homeschooling this year so that we could all be together. And okay. that's been hard cause they're, they're missing all their buddies down South and, um, going somewhere where you don't know anybody. So it's been a challenge for them, but it's also been kind of a growing experience for the family. We've kind of, we're all together and, um, we've made it to where a lot of friends have been able to come up and visit and stay with us and come have a cool experience up in, in New Jersey, New York. And, and so it's been good. It's been a good change and a good, good year of growth for the family. And honestly, I feel like we've kind of, as a family, we've gotten away from the rat race because of that. Mm. We've created our own schedule and we've kind of had a nice. So all four are homeschooled. Yeah. Okay. We, we found a teacher here in, uh, in Florham Park, who is uh, who who specializes in in that, and so she comes to the house a few hours every day, and kind of, you know, mom's helping out, yeah. Lauren's helping out, but um, but she's like teacher, and so that mom can still be mom, and yeah. you know, not have to be both all the time. So it's been good. It's been a good challenge, and it's allowed the kids to kind of have a little more freedom, and we haven't been rushing around constantly getting the kids out the door to all these different things. They still have a few activities, but it's been a little bit of a recharge for our family this year. And it's been nice. Can you talk about being AFC special teams player of the week after the giants game, when hmm. you had one of the best punny performances I've ever seen. So you're talking about Jets franchise history. I only go back 23 years here, but if you go back to 1960, I don't know if anybody ever punted better than you in that game. And why was it such an emotional moment for you following the win? Just because of what I talked about. Uh, what am I most proud about being, is just being here and having kind of, you know, persevered and uh, to like, it's not just, it wasn't just that performance, right? I mean, it, we just had to punt a lot that day. I just got my number called a lot. Uh, it was, it just, you know, I felt it from everybody and I felt it before that game that just magnified everything. Right. But I felt the love and support from teammates where like, there's only one of us on every team, right? A kicker and a punter. And so like, 
as a general rule, you want your teammates to be like glad that you're their punter in that in every game, right? That's how I look at it, right? If I'd like to be the the, the better player 80% of the games, right? If that, if that makes sense. That's kind of my mark of being super valuable to the team. And I felt that almost every single game this year where it's like, all right, we're glad Morstead's our guy. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and that, um, it just kind of spilled over in that. And it was, it was emotional. And, um, you know, I, people keep asking, when are you going to retire? Like, how much longer do you want to do this and all that stuff? And it's just because of my age, but it's like, I don't feel like I'm at that point. I know I'm not at that point, but at the same time, you know that statistically you're kind of close. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and so, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like a glimpse into the aging process just in life. It's just relative to football. It's like you get closer to the end and you're still able to enjoy doing th the things you're doing. Um, it's hard not to appreciate it differently, especially when you've not had it, when you've lost it at some point and you've been on the street and you haven't had a job and to get back in, there's just a different level of appreciation for being able to do it. And um, I guess that's the best way I can explain that. How odd is that dynamic being a punter? Because I think on Sunday against coming up your next opponent, which of course is the Washington Commanders, you were going to set a career high in terms of punts for a season. I think your previous I've already passed it. I thought for it was this season. I, I thought it was We're over eighty for the season. I've never done that before. So 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 okay. So speak to that. So, uh, I don't speak, know what speak there's to, speak to the dynamic of, hey, offensively, we want to score points. I want to be part of a winner. But also as a performer, you like going out on the field and helping the team. Yeah, I don't think of it that way. Um you know, I've I've punted 43 times a few times in my career for a whole for a whole season. Right. Which is like half of what we've done this year. Um and my point in saying that is is I don't look at it like people ask, do you root to punt? Are you excited to like I'm like, of course I want to score on every drive. Like yeah, you know. Right. Um I would say that I just stay ready and whenever my name is called or the you know, the punt team is called I'm excited to go do that job, that rep, because coach has decided that's the best play for us to have the best chance to win. Right. right? So I'm I'm excited for the op when it comes. But like I'm pumping my fist when we get a big third down conversion and it's first down now we're going. So but I'm not like, you know, okay, take I can let my breath out now and breathe. Like I'm I'm not disappointed either way. I'm excited when we keep it keep it moving. But um you know, when I get my name called to go do my job, I'm. it's like it's the best play we have to win the game, or at least in the eyes of coach. And so I'm excited to go execute whatever they ask me to execute. So so why have you excelled as a directional kicker throughout your career? Because you talked before, I'm not the best hang time. Maybe I'm not the best directional guy. But bottom line is you are one of the more proficient punters over the course of your career. Yeah, so – I. I don't want to like, I don't know. Sometimes I get, you know, the best way I can answer that is sometimes it's nice to humble yourself in your, in your own speech, in your own mind. And it's not because of a lack of confidence. Um, my, my point in saying that is that if you were to put me at the NFL combine, 
I'm not going to have the highest punt that is possibly hidden. There's the guys that come out every year. They're so talented. Right. They can absolutely hammer a football super high and super far. If I kick the ball over 56, 57 yards, I've probably outkicked my coverage. Like I'm not trying to ever do that. Whereas I know some guys, they're trying to hammer it as far as they can every time, and that's what they do, right? So I'm not knocking myself. I do think, in a way, it's a compliment to myself that if I'm up here in averages and I'm never kicking it as far as the best guys, that tells you that my efficiency yes. is is elite. And I do feel like if they had a metric for ball striking in this league and just hitting type of ball you want to hit consistently where you want it to go, I think I'd be the number one guy. And so, um, you know, I'm not trying to knock myself when I say those things, but I do know that if you hit spirals that go to the location you want them to go, you really should not ever have a not have a job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you if you can tell your gunners and your punt team that, hey, this ball is going to be in this range in this part of the field, and everybody knows that, and they can all synergize with that, you should be able to control games. And um, well, you you're know, doing it all this year. Well, I mean, you got 47 punts of 50 plus yards. Well, we've punted a lot, you know, so, um, but, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, like I said, I'm, it's, it's not exciting to, you know, pub your, your punter whenever the offense is struggling, but it is cool to be on a team where, you know, field position has, all the games we've won have been, the defense has played really, really well and the special teams has played really well. And so, um, and offense has contributed, but it's been very much a complimentary football no turnovers, play the field position game. And um, it's been exciting to be a part of those wins. And some, even some of the losses that we've been really close in, we've we've kind of had a chance because of those uh, field position games. And so, um, you know, that's that's what, that's what I get paid to do. So well, it's exciting to be a part of that. What's it like working with Greg Zerline? Because for my money, again, you talk about you having a fantastic year. This is probably the best kicking year in the history of this franchise. I mean, you put you two guys up against anybody in the league right now as far as the combination is concerned. Yeah, look, it's all about what have you done for me lately and it's all about your next performance. So, um having said that, I think we've I think we've been at the top of the I think all three specialists have performed at a super high level. We have none of us have been perfect, but um we've all done a, a I think we've all played at a very high level, you know. I think Greg's missed one extra point and a 50-something yard field goal this right. year. And uh, so he's like 96%. And, uh, and you, you know, guys aren't playing in a dome at home games. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that's another sense of source of pride. You know, I don't want right. to call it pride, but just. Well, people you know, are wondering I've, at 21, I've, right? Yeah. What does he have? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always been, you know, personally, I've been accused of being a dome punter. And so being able to have success outside in some tougher conditions has been, um, you know, it feels good to be like, no, you know, I've just been a good punter that happened to play in a dome. So, um, you know, definitely offers challenges different in, uh, inside as opposed to outside, but there's a lot more excitement to the play because there's a little more variability, wind, rain, snow, playing a lot of rain things like year. that. Um, and so it's just a different, it's just, you just play the game a little differently. And, um, but yeah, I think all the specialists have been, you know, have have been pretty solid this year and um and it's been fun just to to work together our group is just we have a lot of experience i think henny's in his seventh year and and uh 
think this is year 12 for Greg and I'm, this is 15 for me. So we just kind of all been around the block a little bit and uh, we all enjoy working together. And so it's just been a nice energy just all come to work together. What would it mean to you to get a Pro Bowl nod here at 37? It'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool. I've been the first alternate like six or seven times in my career. And, um, you know, <clears throat> it's been a hard pill to swallow a number of times when I thought I should have gone. And uh, it'd be cool. So um, you don't you don't make it a goal every year, or I don't, because I don't control it, right? Uh, I don't control how people vote or um, how coaches vote or players vote. But um, at the end of the day, if you're providing value for your team and the team is glad that you're their guy, it's a it's a good feeling and uh, certainly felt that this season. Well, the fans still have a little bit of time. They can get out and vote. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, it's, uh, like I said, it's appreciated. Um, no matter what happens, it, it's, it's irrelevant to um, how this season has been for me individually. Um, you know, I feel the love from all the fans game day at the stadium and um it's just it's fun to it's it's nice to feel valued you know i don't care what your job is it's nice to feel valued so i definitely felt that well you definitely are valued by jets nation and your teammates let me ask you about this 2009 you come in the league out of smu first year you're playing in the super bowl yeah halftime peyton says do an onside kick What's the thought process there? For him or me? For you. Once you hear that, that's I, the call. I, I panicked. I mean, I was terrified. I was terrified, yeah. I mean, I'd never – he said we were going to run a 10-6 it. lead, right? So let's no, the we're table. losing. Okay. We're losing 10-6. And, um, and, and honestly, we – you know, to be only down 10-6, I mean, they kind of – we were, I, I think, feeling pretty good about where we were at at halftime to only be down four. And coach had said we were going to run it, not if, just what it was just going to be a question of when. But I didn't believe we would actually do it. And, um, and Peyton Manning's on the other side. So if you don't get that ball, it's 10 6, they get the lead, and he's got a short field. Yeah. And, and I think part of it was just possession, right? It was less of, I mean, one of the drives they had in the first, their touchdown drive they had in the first half, I had punted a ball down to the four yard line, mm. and they went 96 yards and scored the touchdown. So, I think coach felt more like, hey, it was worth the risk on the short field to just have a chance to get another possession. That that was going to be the difference. And yes, so, still and at the time with the rules on, you know, kickoff rules are different now, but at the time you could have guys get a full on running start. <clears throat> and so the odds of, of recovering a, a true surprise onside kick were close to two thirds. Mm. So, People say it was super aggressive and and a major gamble, but it was like, you know, if you're at the blackjack table and the dealer flops a six over, you know, if you got a chance to double down, you double down. It doesn't matter what you got, right? You've you've uh you do it because deal was gonna bust. And it was it was kinda like that, even though it was super aggressive and felt like a gamble. Two out of three times you do that at the time, the odds were you're gonna get it. So it was not the odds were in our favor to go do it. And um, and so he called it, and I was freaked out. Were you really? Yeah. I mean, I just didn't believe we'd do it. <laughs> I really didn't believe we'd do it. We'd said we'd run different fakes throughout the season. We never did, but it's probably because we were winning all the time. And um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we just 
Thank God the uh, halftime's like thirty something minutes long because the half, you know, the whole halftime show and the glitz and glam of the Super Bowl. So I had time to kind of process it and almost have like a, I don't know, a therapy session with myself, you know, in the locker. And I, you know, at at the time I I used to never take my helmet off. It's a long story, but basically I got I was unprepared for a play in my my last play of my senior year of college. Couldn't find my helmet, and I didn't think we'd punt, and they sent the punt team out, and I was frantic and I shanked the punt last that's when my college career ended and uh so I always kept my helmet on and I looked like such a spaz I was just sitting like this nervous little rookie with this helmet on all halftime just thinking about what I had to do and uh I was pretty negative in my mindset about it and I was thinking man if I screw this up letting down the team letting down our whole city of New Orleans um there's there's a hundred million people watching this and (laughs) blah 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 and so I was pacing around and then uh I kept this picture of my coach in my locker that was from my uh, from college who passed away the day after I got drafted named Frank Gans Sr. He's an all-time great special teams coordinator in the NFL. And I just looked up at his picture and he used to have this acronym ACDC, which was the more aggressive, more confident, um, more disciplined and better communicators. Uh, those teams won. Right. And, I, and I thought, well, this is pretty effing aggressive. Yeah, And I kind of relaxed. And then I thought, you know, every time coach called us to hit this in practice, I hit it how, you know, exactly how I needed to. And then I was like, man, if we get this, we're going to win this game. And then by the time I went out for halftime, I was confident. I was still, my nerves were, it's hard to explain. They were still through the roof. And, um, and the worst part is you can't go out and practice it. Mm. So I'm out here just hitting kickoffs as far as I can out the back. Pat McAfee's their punter. We got drafted as rookies together. And I'm talking to Pat saying, you know, I'm like, hey, tell your returner not to bother even going out there. This is going to be in the stands. You know, I'm trying to sell the Kool-Aid to anybody I can just to talk myself into it. And I went over the sideline, got in the huddle. And uh, John Carney, an old kicker who had kicked for us that season, was coaching uh, us through the playoffs. And he used to always tell me 10% when I would go out to kick this ball. And he grabbed me, last person that said something to me. And I turned around to him and he said, Timo, one, 1%. Like he knew I was just, was I was just, so char- I was charged up. Yeah. He said, Timo, 1%. And I just went out there and honestly, I just said a little prayer and I said, Frank, I hope you're watching. And, and we went out and I kind of blacked out. How you know, cool. Hit it. We got it, went down and scored and ended up winning. It was pretty cool. So cool. Yeah. And the rest and it, is history. And it's carried Saints win a, the Super Bowl. Along with winning the Super Bowl and being part of the history of that and and um you know, that's awesome. And that's that's a forever thing. You know, we've already had a ten year reunion. There'll be a twenty year reunion, there'll be a thirty year reunion. It's a lifelong cool brotherhood that you're part of. But um for my career, it's really been super beneficial because, you know, special being a specialist is so much a mental game, right? Yeah. And the days you don't feel as good as you want to feel, or you're not as confident as you want to feel to be able to take yourself back to big moments like that when the pressure was on and you had to have it and to remind yourself that you've got the goods to get it done and not be lying to yourself. It's you actually believe that is to be able to go back and think about that play and numerous other plays I've had in my career where it was like the game's on the line here and to be able to think back to that and be like, yeah, I, I've got it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm going to be able to control myself. I'm going to be able to get it done. And to to really believe that has carried me a lot, through a lot of tougher times 
or tough days at the office. Yeah. You know. What's the thought process? People are following you on social media as far as before you board that plane on the road, you get that selfie. There's Timo oh. in front of the plane. How long have you been doing that? I think since my rookie year. So I just kind of – I don't know why I started doing it. I just – Did you do a week by first game rookie year? I, I can't – honestly, I can't remember. But I, I can't remember not doing it. Yeah. So I don't – at some point it became a thing. And, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I've just always done it. And, um, and I think, you know, fans of mine over time get used to seeing it's, it's almost so dull and so boring. I'm just, you know, I'm just wearing, and now I just look like a freaking dad out there just, you know, rocking up in a polo flannel, whatever, uh, shirt and khakis. And, um, I don't know. I think a lot of people just, they, they kind of look forward to it and see, uh, you know, kind of a regular looking dude that's getting to do a cool thing. And um, I don't know, people appreciate it, I guess. The run to the sidelines, quite epic as well, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I kind of have a little disdain for the fact that, that I got put on uh, hard knocks because I'd never really gotten any attention from it other, no? than, other than a few teammates. And, you know, I not that I have a problem with it, but it was, you know, I think some people thought I was looking for attention and I've just always done that, you know, for a long time, I didn't punt much throughout the season. So it was kind of a way to kind of keep loose, keep myself loose. So, um, I haven't done as much sprinting this year cause I've kind of been a little looser throughout the game. Um, but yeah, it's kind of just part of, you know, I think I said it best to, to Randall and the hard knocks deal. I said, I don't know how to I don't know what to tell you. I just know what I need. And he was like, Hey, you do you brother. Yeah, you know, it's right. working. So, um, so yeah, so that's that. Got to ask you about Rogers here. Mm. He indicated earlier this week that he's not going to play in 2023. Robert Sala, of course said today that he's going to be activated, but he's not going to play. With that being said, you're 37, have a career year. He's going to be 40 coming off an Achilles. Mm. What do you think is next for Aaron in terms of his career, obviously going to be with the jets and he's professed his love for this place and his teammates and the organization and things like that. How excited are you from your perspective, a guy who's been in the room with him to see his next chapter? Look, I mean, that's one of the reasons I came was to, um, be a part of that, be a part of winning. And, um, Obviously, not just Aaron, but we've had like a gauntlet of yeah. injuries, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball this year. And, you know, nothing's guaranteed in life. And, um, you know, it's uh, so I, I don't know what's, you know, if anybody knew, you know, they, you, there you'd, you'd know. So, um, you know, I'm excited for him. Um, there's nothing better than a good comeback story. Yeah. You know, there's nothing better than doing something that people – tell you you can't do and so um you know obviously he's he's got such a microscope on him and everything he's doing and um but you know i've enjoyed getting to know him this season and um i'll be honest with you i, I wasn't a huge aaron Rodgers fan That's before true. getting here just from what i've seen in the media and and uh just following along over his career kind of an abrasive guy and and you know um, and I've really enjoyed getting to be teammates with him and getting to know him 
and uh, seeing how he ticks. Um, you know, it felt like a guy who who loves the attention and, and just now getting to know him this year, I'd say he really doesn't care what anybody else thinks outside of the people that he cares about, you know, his teammates or his family or people that he's close with. He's, he just doesn't care. Yeah. And he's going to do what he thinks is the right thing. And, um, and I respect that. So I've really enjoyed getting to be teammates with him. And, uh, you know, no matter how things go in the future, I'll be pulling for him. Nothing better than a great comeback story. And yeah. you're authoring your own comeback story. Here. Yeah. We all, we all have our own, our own books to write, yep. you know, and, uh, it's cool when you get to cross paths with, with special people. And, um, so yeah, it's, um, I'll be, I'll be pulling for him for sure. But uh, I'm talking about you as far as your comeback story, it's still ongoing. Now what's Christmas going to be like the Morstead house? You play Christmas Eve. Yep. So you got to go to the hotel. <laughs> yep. You got to line up, suit up, hopefully get a W against the commanders and then you're going to go home and what do we got planned? Um, well, we're going to try to find a church service um, Christmas Eve to get to. Um, we're obviously getting out a little bit later than would be ideal it's for not that. Not going to be a five o'clock mass. My Probably not a five <laughs> o'clock mass, um, but we'll see. We, My wife's kind of looking into that right now because um, the whole family's going to the game. So we may find, try to find a church like really close to the stadium. Yeah. If we can sneak off to that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, my kids are at the age where, you know, they're 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 all living upstairs upstairs in the house and all the feet pitter pattering down the stairs for Christmas morning is um you know all the excitement is like legitimate and uh we're in a really cool place with that with the kids um they're all young enough and um that you know they'll be up before any of us and so right. it, it's an exciting time and uh certainly don't take it for granted um we're looking forward to it. I'm glad we're all together this year. Yeah, very cool. Uh, congratulations on an outstanding season. You got three games remaining, um, and you've enjoyed your experience here. In 2021, then you come back in 23, and obviously the life of the kicker or punter in the National Football League is always a little bit uh, people on the move, right? It's you had that long stay in New Orleans. Yeah, but. Would you like to be back? Yeah, sure I would. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we, we made a commitment to come up here and really see what it was like and do it as a family. And uh, we had a great setup in New Orleans, and we still have our house down there. But, well, you know, we brought everybody up here. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's um, – <clears throat> I've really – since COVID happened, really, it's been COVID and then getting released and, and having to jump around a little bit to get back in um, – we've gotten to a point where um, we, we just enjoyed su such stability for so long. Mm -hmm. And um, we've grown a lot in the last three years. Our family has, and me and my wife, and you learn to deal with things as they come and you stop worrying about or trying to plan too far out, you know? And uh, that's been a le big learning for me, or uh, it's been a, uh, a challenge for me because I am kind of, you know, I'm a planner. I like to have things laid out and we've just kind of enjoyed life as it's come, the experiences as they come and we've been present. And, um, and I think that's one of the reasons I'm playing so well, 
you know, I'm just enjoying it. And, uh, you know, you know, you get the questions about the future and all I know is I'm enjoying my time right now. And, um, you know, I'm focused on playing well this week and that's all I can do. Yeah. And we'll see how things turn out. Yes. Yeah, staying in the present. And that's the kid, it. The kids are going to have a lot of presents and they'll, have a, they'll have a few more, more and, and, than they, more than they probably should. But. And Thomas Moore said you've had a hell of a year fans you can get out and vote for the pro bowl right now a number of jets deserving including this man timo thanks a lot thanks for having me appreciate it